When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. And we are live with Rewind to Raw five minutes after the show wrapped up. I am John Pollock alongside Mr. Wei Ting, who is back yet again. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. Yeah, full week of doing these with almost no time between the end of the show and the start of this. And I think we're getting into a routine. How did how did it work out for you tonight after this is the first time we have gone this early for Raw? It, it, Raw is actually a lot easier than Dynamite. Everything's easier than Dynamite. It's still a bit of a, a mad scramble for me in the last uh, half hour, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Raw, I mean, is a lot more predictable. You know, they, they, there's certainly a whole lot more filler that you can skip through on the show. So it's, it's, it's. I mean, did, it really. Did is you not? Did you not watch the Alpha Academy Snickers commercial? I did. Yeah, okay. one of the few things that um, I, 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 mean, I guess, I guess was worth watching. I suppose. Well, we uh, we uh, welcome everybody that is joining us live uh, just uh, here for Rewind to Raw. We are going to be going through the the entire show. Busy week here at the site. We have lots uh, coming your way, including three bonus shows for post-wrestling cafe members beginning Tuesday night with Rewind Away as we are going back to review ROH Super Card of Honor 2017 headlined by the Hardys and the Young Bucks for the ROH tag titles in a ladder match. We've got Christopher Daniels and Dalton Castle, Cody and Jay Lethal in a Texas bull rope match, mm-hmm. and 3,500 fans in attendance, including John Pollock, Wei Ting, and Muhammad King Mo Lawal. Yes, we were all there. Yeah, in person. Uh, only five maybe, years ago. Maybe the only... Uh, no, that, that this would not be the case. But three people that were at... Supercard of Honor, and then in the uh, the media box the next night at WrestleMania, which Muhammad Lawal also made his way to. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I was, didn't know that. Yeah, he did go to WrestleMania as well. Okay, interesting. Interesting yeah. tidbit. Yeah, this was the this was the famous WrestleMania where I was uh, I did not have a desk to work at. Oh wow. Okay. All that and more coming up Tuesday night, and then Thursday for patrons. MCU later is back. You guys yeah. said see you later after the last Marvel series. Well, you're back. And what are you priming us for on Thursday? It'll be me and WH Park giving all of you a primer on Moon Knight. It's about to start on Disney Plus next week. So I'm really excited for that. I don't know much about Moon Knight, so I'm going to rely on WH to educate me as well as the audience as well. So MCU later returns this week. Okay. And, uh, of course, for patrons, you also get uh, live access to rewind to smackdown on friday nights and we'll be live right after dynamite as well 1005 eastern can you believe it 1005 way uh you know what why not why not like 1004 five minutes before there, there's the no way I, I can't i can't go any any earlier for dynamite i need every second of those five minutes okay all right so there you go. The whole schedule is uh, up on the site. We will uh, go through other shows, uh, including uh, this weekend's uh, later on. Uh, I do want to also uh, make mention of uh, the, pass- the passing of Pepper Martin, who was uh, a v- very well-known wrestler, but someone who had uh, really created a whole second career for himself uh, in acting. Uh, he got involved in uh, professional wrestling. He was actually from Hamilton, 
And after he had left the Navy with a knee injury, he uh, ended up in Hamilton working out of uh, Al Spittle's gym. And that's how he got into uh, professional wrestling. He was someone that went to so many different territories, including uh, San Francisco uh, for Roy Shire, had a big run in Oregon uh, under Don Owen, where he won multiple uh multiple versions of uh, the tag titles and the uh, the Northwest Heavyweight Championship uh, between 64 and 66. But then he uh, he moved over into acting and had several like big roles. Like you can look at his filmography. He was in like quite a lot of stuff, including the role of Rocky, the truck driver in Superman 2, who got into a fight scene with uh, Christopher Reeve, of course, uh, Superman. And that was uh, other roles he had included uh, the original Walking Tall, which was remade uh, decades later with Dwayne Johnson. Also in the original uh, edition of The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. That was also remade with lots of wrestlers in uh, 2005. So there's a a brief story up there. I definitely encourage people as well to check out uh, Greg Oliver's work at Slam Wrestling. He's written numerous stories on Pepper Martin uh, throughout the years and has an obit on him uh, as well. And... Uh, WrestleMania week continuing to grow. If you go up to the site at uh, postwrestling.com slash mania, we're keeping track of all the shows, all of the match listings. Uh, Tonight, we got the addition of Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty for Supercard of Honor. And Spring Break, the first part of Spring Break on the Thursday night, March 31st, we'll see Ali Catch versus Mickey James. So the the match announcements continue to come fast and furious as we uh, get set for WrestleMania week next week. And then it's all over with way. Um, I mean, until the next week, right? There's always something going on. But I mean, the the Supercard of Honor edition is interesting because I mean, we have our first AEW wrestlers that are being added, I suppose, other than you know FTR. Um, so yeah, interesting. Uh, so you can find all of that up on the site. And anything else you want to mention before we get into Raw? Yeah, just uh, Braden, our friend Braden, of course, is hosting a WrestleMania party for the second night of WrestleMania. This time, it's happening at Sneaky D's, the famed Toronto hangout. Sneaky D's on the second floor. So if you guys want a place to watch WrestleMania next Sunday evening, uh, just go to twitter.com slash upnextpodcast and you'll find pinned to the top. It should be pinned to the top, at least the uh, ticket information for Braden's watch along. Yes, get your tickets in advance. It was a hot ticket for Revolution. We're going to see if WrestleMania outdraws Revolution in Toronto. Uh, we, we shall see, yeah. Okay, let's get into Raw, the second-to-last edition of the show before WrestleMania, the plight of Seth Rollins continuing to be our thread throughout the show. Will Seth Rollins get his WrestleMania moment? That is the question that looms large on Raw. And the show begins... And Steve Austin's music hits. And this crowd in Chicago loses their mind. Wait, there are very few times that I'm like smiling, laughing, watching. And this crowd, dude, there was a woman jumping up and down. They were so excited that, oh my God, unadvertised Steve Austin is here. And out comes Stone Cold Owens. Kevin Owens And this was just remarkable. This was already the highlight of the show. Just him walking out in this Steve Austin costume. He has got, like, he's bald. Mm. He's got the jeans on, the the knee braces, one of which was uh, desperately trying to uh, come off. Mm -hmm. What did you think about uh, Halloween here in March? Oh, fantastic. I actually think he looks better bald. 
I mean, it was a bald cap, everybody. So you know, I don't he think he was he's not actually look, bald. If, if he had shaved his head bald before WrestleMania, I mean, that would have been the step, right? Well, what would Austin put up? He'd have to grow his hair back out. Mm. He'd have I don't to know be, if that's. Nope. I, I don't know if that's possible. For um, him. Anyway. He'd have to put up the broken skull sessions. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, the, I mean, fantastic. Of course, you know, we we all remember when um, Shawn Michaels showed up in um, what is it, Montreal. And uh, did something similar with Brett's music before Brett actually made a return. And um, that was wonderful as well. So this was great. He comes out and the place is just they're They're legitimately angry because they were dangled with a Steve Austin appearance. So it was like quite the scene here. And uh, Owens is just in his element here. He's doing the what's to the crowd. He says how everything that he said about Texas is true and Makes fun of Austin, stating the lights are on, no one's home. The whole crowd is chanting, we want Austin. (laughs) They played the theme a second time. (laughs) And again, they all go nuts. This was amazing. Just go back and watch this crowd and how excited they were. Like There were some parents that were like grabbing their children at the chance of a glimpse of the Pope, Steve Austin, coming down this ramp. And the second time, he hooked them again. And Owens just laughs, and they're even more upset. I was like, "This, this is one of the the better laid out segments in some time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, the glass shattered shattering sort of has that effect. I mean, that's why it's such a brilliant entrance sound. And I thought the second song. one, it was like that was really clever. Whoever thought of like, let's do it a second time because the second time you believe, okay, he's actually here. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I also thought Owen's Austin Austin style promo was actually really good. He got all the little things down. Um, I mean, you know, probably did this plenty of times among friends or just at his home as a child. And um, I haven't even heard the style of Austin promo in, in what feels like 20 years. So even just nostalgically, I really got a kick out of this. Did you see the video they put out last week where it's Owens doing his rendition of the Austin 316 speech and they're going back and forth from the original to Owens like reenacted version? I haven't seen it. No. I couldn't believe this did not make it onto television. Oh wow. It was just online last week and it's 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 just taking Austin's the Austin 316 speech and then Owens is like in a studio giving his own version of it and they're going over top of one another. It was great. Really good stuff. So wow. hopefully that sees uh, uh, a larger, larger audience. So he makes fun of the fans. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. You are fools, he calls this audience. And he calls for some beers, and he can't catch them, and the crowd is booing this. So he berates the guy throwing them, brings the guy into the ring. Of course, it's the, uh, the Austin beer, and he stuns the dude and pours beer all over him. He goes to drink the beer, but he stops and just chucks the can up the stage. This was a great segment. I thought Kevin Owens was fantastic here. This was like legitimate uh, anger from this, this crowd that was just taken for a ride on two separate occasions. A great start to the show. And I said today, this is a show where you have to get really clever when you're building up some of these raw programs where like half of the program is, is not around. And I can't say that was a hundred percent on this show, uh, but for this one, I just thought this was a great segment. It was a lot of fun and really specifically targeted to people like you and I, who really do remember that Steve Austin uh, run in his prime. I, I thought it was great. I thought Owens here. I think it probably was just incredibly fun for him to just go out there and do a Steve Austin impression. 
you know like again he probably did this millions of times at home except now he's doing it for an audience on raw and he's about to do a segment at wrestlemania with the actual steve austin so i'm sure for him it's it's just such a trip i do wonder like how much of this crowd was even alive when austin last had a run and wrestled and cut promos you know like a good chunk of this crowd i think only knows of him through video packages maybe video games um but of course you know chicago you're talking about uh, what a very vocal i think you know older audience as well well i i mean this crowd went went nuts i would say even for your audience that was not watching 19 years ago i mean they have so put like austin is on the the highest of pedestals in terms of every time there's a Legends night and he's brought back or he's showing on the network, like he is positioned as like the living legend of this company that I would say even those that were not watching during the Austin era are aware of how how big of a figure this person is in, in the company's history. Like it's like he comes back, he overshadows everyone. So I don't think that's even the case of like you're, you're missing uh, your younger audience that didn't live through it. Mm-hmm. But compare it to when you were watching during the nineties, it's not like Bruno San Martino was like positioned as like this, you know, this holy figure in the company's history. He did not exist at all. He was not brought up. He was not on good terms with the company. You would not even know Bruno San Martino. If you just watched uh, the programming, it's, it's very different when you're talking about uh, this generation and how they really lionized that, that attitude era period. And you can go back to this stuff for, for better or worse. That's what this show is being sold around this year. So Kevin Patrick is backstage with uh, Seth Rollins, and you can hear the Cody chants. They were pretty loud throughout the show when Rollins got involved, and he just laughs at Kevin Patrick's question about what his role will be at WrestleMania. It's stealing his microphone. What would happen? Ray and Dominic versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. The Miz is out for commentary, and they're beating down on Dominic. Uh, Rollins comes out midway through the match and says he wants a WrestleMania spot and he's got the microphone and he goes to deliver his message, but the microphone keeps cutting out and they go to commercial break so he cannot deliver his message. I yeah. want to know what was the message going to be here? Well, he was going to call out AJ, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, he could have, uh, I thought maybe he was going to try and go after like Dominic's spot at WrestleMania. Maybe that'll be next week. Maybe he's going to shoot for, for that. Make it a, uh, Make it a six-man. Add uh, Braun Breaker to one side and add Seth to the other. Well, he's going to have to get creative. Yeah. So they have the heat on Ray. Makes the tag. Uh, Dominic hits his very loose cutter onto Ziggler. And it turns around. Spinebuster by Rude. And then Dominic stops a glorious DDT. 619 frog splash. And he pins Robert Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, Rude can take the losses. I'm just glad it wasn't the NXT champion and Dolph Ziggler. But, uh, yeah, Dominic, I think, is really good. You know, Um, crowd was into it. Um, And then we go to the post-show angle. Ziggler super kicks Dominic as Miz attacks Ray and hits a skull-crushing finale on the floor and then tears off Ray's mask. And Mm -hmm. Dominic goes to cover Ray with a towel and Miz... Walks up the stage holding the mask, which he is going to deliver to Logan Paul. So they're going all out for this uh, this angle, the uh, the unmasking of uh, of Ray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I'm pretty sure they've done this before, but I mean, much of this audience probably hasn't seen this sort of angle before. And you know, Graves was doing a big 
push to explain the significance of the mask and, and why it's so incredibly disrespectful to a luchador. So um, they're, you know, raising mistakes. And I think seeing Logan Paul next week in a Rey Mysterio mask is going to, I think, work on many levels. It'll work, you know, to try to uh, catch Logan Paul's audience and for the WWE getting a celebrity to wear one of their wrestlers' masks, I'm sure, is something that they're interested in as well. The timing of this angle was uh, something else where they decided let's let's tease seeing Ray's face on a day where uh, Chris Jericho put uh, an unmasked Ray on his Instagram today. Oh, he did. Uh oh. So what was the context? Uh, he was just showing like uh, when they were this was like from the mid '90s when they were like in in Japan and they just took a photo of all of them and Ray oh, was okay. obviously not not protecting the identity all that much. This was like before the unmasking. Like, should I yeah, take a photo? I mean, I suppose on the on the uh, internet, um, it's not that difficult to find. I mean, Ray himself put the photo up. Actually, it's not even Jericho. I mean, this- the guy was on national television for uh, yeah. for quite a for like two years unmasked, and it's yeah. uh, not exactly uh, the most the most hidden face out there. Yeah, Ray Mysterio put this up himself. Actually, oh, did he? Okay, yeah. well, that's even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ziggler. Uh, Oh, okay. Afterwards, Rollins storms to the back and he's with Pearson DeVille and he wants the biggest spotlight possible at WrestleMania. He and they explain, we gave you a chance to beat Owens last week. You failed. And Pierce says, maybe there's something we can do. So I want to know what, what Pierce's idea was here, because later, like he they interrupt the AJ segment. Was that what Pierce already had in mind? That I'm not really sure. Maybe Rollins should have just waited and been patient and he would have got booked. Maybe Pierce had an idea. Uh, yeah, that, I, that I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what Pierce had. The Miz is on his phone with Maurice holding the mask and he tells Kevin Patrick that Logan Paul was a big Rey Mysterio fan. He was his hero, but the Mysterios are jerks and he's going to give this to Logan Paul and he dares Logan Paul to wear this mask on Raw next week in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I dare you. I think he'll take it. I, I think, think he'll he do will. it. I think he will, too. Next week, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will be on the show in Pittsburgh. They did not say they did not have a, a term to describe what kind of interaction they're going to have. Maybe they're going to have a stern crossing. Maybe an... Uh, it won't be a collision. It, they, they've used up the collision. Mm-hmm. An altercation could occur. Okay. Yes. Reaction. A you know, can always use that. Yeah. Uh, fracas. Huh. Hmm. Heated, heated exchange. They could, yeah. So that's next Monday. It seems like they are really treating Monday as like your real go home show because SmackDown. It's, I mean, it's the night before. You've got the Hall of Fame. I think Friday is by that point. It's going to be more of a kind of just standard. Here's your card, and here are some matches. <laughs> that's all the show should be. <laughs> that, Here's that the is, card. That is what a lot of the shows are. Omos versus Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Boy, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Um, these two were just uh, left for dead here. Um, they, Graves was explaining that there's no way Omos can beat two men. There's just no way. And he grabs both by the throat, uppercuts Aziz on the floor, and after he gets posted, they get into the ring. The bell rings to start the match and Aziz gets slammed down. He catches Cruz, tosses him off the shoulders, big boot to Aziz and a tree slam to Cruz. And he stacks both men. This was our WrestleMania Mm. finish last year, a minute 48 
Omos just destroys these two. Destroys them. He does, yeah. Um, but it looks like they're planning something for Omos at WrestleMania, and they aren't for Aziz and crew. So I think this is the right thing, you know. Um, he it, pretty simple storytelling, you know. You, they continue this fairy tale like giant build for Omos, and I think it's effective. So Omos then gets onto the microphone. He's undefeated and unstoppable. And anyone with the balls, with the balls to step up against me on Raw or WrestleMania will be dominated. Mm-hmm. Anyone with the balls. Who, who has balls? Well, all the men on the roster, presumably. Okay. So that rules out the females. Um, have you heard anything? Uh, not, nothing beyond like the, the report that was out today, that uh, the Fightful report that the last word was that his opponent could end up being Bobby Lashley, I guess, if Lashley is, in fact, cleared. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. It's, For a it, segment, yeah. I mean, you know, this whole thing is being built up to somebody standing up to the bully in Omos, and uh, it would signify a Bobby Lashley babyface turn. Yeah, and he either is the one that steps up to Omos and... Beats the bully, or you continue this with Omos. Have Omos beat a returning Bobby Lashley? I think it's a weird match to do. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like you've put so much into Omos. I mean, you you could beat him, but what what are you building him up for? Is this it for Lashley on what will turn out to be like a week's notice? I would assume something to keep Lashley looking strong. You know, upon return to maybe set up a match. Maybe it's like the you know like the body slam challenge that um, little Lex Luger, Yokozuna thing where maybe he just body slams him and then you get a match that way. Or they can play up that Lashley is back, but he's uh, still he still has because c- the storyline is the concussion, right? Mm-hmm. He's yes. not a hundred percent yet. Right, right. Hmm. He, he's uh, gotten around the concussion protocol. Hmm. That tree okay. slam, tr- tree slam could be devastating. But seeing Lashley, if it is Lashley, you know, just lift this, this guy, I think will be really impressive. Well, if you remember when they did that, remember they did like a, a like some kind of tag match and they tagged those two in and like the audience was into it. Like here are mm-hmm. like these two unstoppable forces that they have built up on Raw and now they cross paths as brief as it was on that Raw months ago. Um, yeah, it's, it would seem like it's one where it's just they want to make sure they have the go ahead um, with Lashley, it's not like this promo really gave you any kind of direction. They could always go wherever they want with this. Mm, yeah. So leaving it open-ended. AJ is out. He is back after three weeks since the concerto attack and said that having time can be a dangerous thing. He watched Edge attack him over and over and over again. He didn't want to see his kids or talk to his wife. He just wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. Well, you sad. Just watching this on what YouTube? It's not even up on the network yet. I guess maybe he's got the uh, the Hulu. Replay. Maybe he's on Watch Wrestling or something. <laughs> Could be. So he says that we can do it now, and he calls out Edge: "Be a man." Edge was not a man, so AJ called him a coward. He had balls. Should have asked if he had balls. <laughs> you have balls. Be a man. <laughs> quoting uh, Randy Savage here. So he calls him a coward, and out comes Rollins. More Cody chants, and he acknowledges the chants. He says, rumors are a lot of fun, but rumors don't make 
moments, and I'm living for my WrestleMania moment. Whatever Rumors that means. don't make moments, but he lives for his moment. Okay. So he's saying like, okay, yeah, you guys, you, he's aware of the rumors. He's acknowledging the rumors, but they're not true is what he's saying. Uh, no, he's not saying they're not true. They don't make moments. They don't make moments. Yes, they are. That, that's actually exactly what they do. I mean, mm-hmm. these chants will, will lead to a, a moment. Yeah. They love their moments in this company way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and. I mean, you know, this delayed gratification at this point, like they're not hiding away from it. They're giving the audience gaps to cheer Cody's name. Um, they're 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 doing a great job of building that anticipation. Rollins is worried about AJ. He asks if he's physically and emotionally capable of facing Edge at WrestleMania and advises AJ to go home to his family, get to 100 percent after WrestleMania and then come back. And Rollins instead will step in to face Edge and end his career. AJ declines this option. It's like, I am coming for a payoff. And Styles can see what Rollins is trying to manipulate here and that Rollins is desperate. So Styles says, I'm going to destroy Edge, something you couldn't do. And with that, Pierce and DeVille come out. And they're going to give Rollins one last chance. If you can beat AJ, you will replace him at WrestleMania. In terms of like building up a big show, these authority figures, like they're terrible promoters. They have jeopardized Austin and Owens. They are jeopardizing Edge and AJ. And the alternative is not all that intriguing. Like Edge and Rollins, like the feud we, we went through last year. I think Ra- though, Rollins interviewing Steve Austin. Could you imagine Seth Rollins doing that segment earlier tonight? Oh, it would have been a mess. But I mean, maybe they're, they're just that, that confident. On top of that, I think the real goal is to find a main event for these shows so they're just really looking for anything they can because they're trying to they're trying to prop up that third hour they know how important these tv numbers are who cares about this peacock deal that's money in the bank yeah not the pay-per-view the idea well they're the usa and fox deals that's what they're maybe we know where their allegiances are Mm -hmm. so with that styles uh attacks rollins and he's pissed off that he's got to wrestle tonight and i guess showing he is not emotionally capable tonight, but he's still going to go through with this match. Mm -hmm. So AJ remarkably um, seems okay after those concertos. Well, listen, um, he, uh, it's adrenaline. You know, it gets you through a whole lot. (laughs) It does. Carmela and Zelina are backstage and Zelina once again, accuses Carmel of not focusing on WrestleMania, and they argue about each not having the other's back, that Carmel is too concerned about her wedding and her reality show. And how, how is this reality show working? Are, are they still releasing new episodes, or are they just all out now? I have no I, idea. Okay. I can check. You don't have to. I don't want you to spend any time on that. Zelina then takes Carmela's phone and throws it away and calls her an ugly bridezilla. So Carmela calls her a hobbit and smacks her and her dollar store crown. And they brawl and they, there's a big pull apart between the, your women's tag team champions. Styles then goes into DeVille and Pierce's office and says that Pierce sucks at this management position and tells DeVille, I have not heard good things about you either. And he's going to beat Rollins tonight and get his WrestleMania moment. Not revenge, not his match with Edge, his moment. 
It's going for mm-hmm. his moment. Okay, so they're on episode five right now, which well, was they- uh, released. Uh, when was this released? I, I don't even know. So episode five, I'm assuming t- today, maybe. Okay. Because I, I have not heard a peep about this reality series since those first two episodes dropped like two weeks ago. Yeah, I haven't. Other either. than what they mentioned on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody, somebody's watching. I mean, it's got how many views here? I think it's got a hundred sixty thousand views. This one. So that came out today. I can't even tell. Oh no, okay. this is two weeks ago. A hundred sixty thousand views for a WWE video. Yeah, this was two weeks ago. That, that so. is not a high-performing uh, WWE video. Yeah, I guess not. No. Like, for context, the, the Brock uh, destruction uh, with the forklift on Friday was like at 2.2 million today from Friday. Yeah, that's pretty low. Wow. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley against Natalia and Shayna Baszler. They got the advantage on Liv Morgan, and Carmella shows up ringside and is complaining to Corey Graves about Zelina calling her names. So Morgan's fighting out of the corner. They knock them to the floor. She's crawling to Ripley, but gets yanked off the apron by Baszler. And then Natalia hits a discus lariat. And Baszler is in with the heart attack, uh, which was not called as such. Uh, and then Baszler pins Liv Morgan in three minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, short match. And most of it was built around Liv Morgan getting to the corner to try and tag Ripley. So Queen Zelina attacks Ripley with the scepter. And then Carmella drills Natalia and Baszler on the floor, super kicking Baszler. They get into the ring and Zelina and Carmella have a face off and then they laugh and they embrace. Mm-hmm. They tricked us. They tricked everybody. They like so, each other. They can't yes. get along. Uh-huh. Hmm. So I imagine that's a lot of planning. I mean, they some hard slapping too. Yeah. Um, and some hard insults. It worked at the end of this. They they got their attack, gained that momentum, had their music played to end the show. Successful night. In theory, they probably could have pulled this off without that whole fight backstage. Like you could have had Carmella just out ringside, and Zelina's out at ringside too, and they just attack them. I think we have to look at this like um, they want airtime. You know, it's very much like a, on The Bachelor, where really like. We're at the stage now where it's very obvious the contestants are doing certain things just to get airtime so they can mm. grow their Instagram followings. Right. And I think that's ultimately what uh, wrestlers in the WWE are doing as well. Or maybe, maybe Carmella's motivation is to get those, those views up for this reality series. Sure. Maybe. Becky Lynch comes out. She is seated in the ring and she asks the question, what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? I was just asking Way this the other day. Becky found her answer eight months ago at SummerSlam. She said, for 15 months, I was without this title. I was never beaten for it, and I would do anything to get it back, referring to the title as my precious. And this title is everything. She is power. She is glory. I am the prize at the top of the mountain. This is my world. When you all chose Bianca Belair, that's when I knew that I would sell my soul to keep this title. Belair doesn't have what it takes to beat me. You, you can crush my throat. I'll crush yours worse. Belair did not try to injure me, but I did try to injure you. And, sa- and said that this week, I was going to come after your hair, but you're not here this week. And she compares Belair's hair 
to her soul, and you are not willing to give it up, unlike me. So what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose their soul? You'll find out at WrestleMania, if you make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different style of promo from Becky this week. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. It was something different, you know? And um, I think it'll look really nice when they put it together in a video package. <laughs> Is that what this was? This was the live VO read? Maybe. Maybe. There, were, there were some good lines in here to uh, to, to utilize. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just like a, this is a really basic kind of story that Bianca has been on this long chase back to get this belt back. And this belt is Becky's lifeblood. And if she loses this, she will spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you built up like a big moment for Bel Air, like a, a big celebratory moment. But also on the back end is the like the backlash of Becky losing this, that you have like two stories coming out of this. They can continue the program or Becky can just, uh, God forbid she then becomes like Dakota Kai. I don't want to see her go that route, but um, that is my think, my thinking. We'll see. We'll see if they carry on with Becky as a heel or a baby face after this. Um, I, I mean, I imagine you'll, you'll get to see some moment of her suffering from the loss. Maybe you'll get a rematch at the backlash. WrestleMania backlash. Sorry, WrestleMania backlash, yes. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Austin Theory. He doesn't care if Pat McAfee's apology was sincere on Friday. He's a dumb jock who has no business stepping in the ring with me and says that he could speak to Mr. McMahon and still get Pat McAfee fired. And regarding Finn Balor, he's running out of storage on his phone from all the selfies of Finn Balor being laid out at his hands. Um, He takes a lot of them. He does the thing where he just like presses a bunch of bunch of shots at once yeah he's got to go through those like choose choose the one you post and don't be clogging up your library with those yeah well i mean he, he probably has a big data plan huge news veer mahan is coming to raw on april 4th mm, yeah we have we have a date by the time he appears on raw it will be 182 days since he was drafted that is crazy. Wow. <laughs> uh, like that's half a year. It's almost wow. like a, it's like close to us. It's we're almost at like a school year. Okay. So the raw after WrestleMania. Presumably. I mean, things could always get cut that night. True. That would be hilarious if it just extends beyond April 4th. Yeah. Finn Balor and Austin Theory, we get a surprise appearance. Pat McAfee is here as the guest commentator. And the idea here was that Pat was going to mess with Austin Theory, but never put his hands on him. So Pat's getting up. He's doing crotch chops, and it leads to Balor hitting a running dropkick. They come back after the break, and he continues to distract Theory. Theory then is ramming Balor's head into the desk. Balor then does it to Theory, and Pat's just going crazy here. Balor hits the sling blade, shotgun, goes for the coup de gras, but misses. Mahistral Cradle gets a two-count for Theory, and then Pat gets onto the apron. The ATL is blocked. He hits a fisherman buster, and then Pat tries to mess with him, and it leads to Balor winning the match with an inside cradle. Yeah, I thought a good match. You know, these two typically have pretty good chemistry. Um, And as far as the build goes, I mean, it's... I think Pat McAfee is, you know, pretty charismatic. I think the audience is really into him. Um... And otherwise, it's your typical distraction finish to try to build heat like you got three other times on this show. Yeah, I, I feel this one has kind of like it's it's missing something. Um, Pat's great. Um, 
by the end of this, it just seems like this this program needs something. Um, I don't you know what Vince? it is. Well, I I I really believe like it's been very odd how much that sh- like Vince has not even been on TV once since that interview with Pat McAfee. So it mm-hmm. seems like there was some big change here where Vince is not even. Like, we've just seen, like, the nameplate on the door, and that's been the extent of it. Like, there's been no Vince. Um, and then after this, you've got, like, Pat celebrating here with Finn Balor. There was no Damian Priest on the show either, so they weren't really pushing that forward. So I, I don't know what is the uh, the full extent of this whole thing. Hmm. Are you interested in the match? Am I interested in the match? Um, not so much. No, I mean, I, I feel like at this point I kind of know what Pat McAfee th- can do. So I think, but you know, I, not everybody watches NXT and not everybody will have seen his Adam Cole match. So I think he'll surprise a lot of people with his performance in a stadium. Things are a bit different, but I mean, is it an interesting match that, you know, I, that is driving me to want to watch the show any more than I did? Not necessarily, but again, it's not a match that I think is booked for me. RK Bro come out, and they're confronted by Alpha Academy, and Gable cuts a promo that what they did last week was retribution, which is a haunting word on this show. Says that the literacy rate is lower than the crime rate here in Chicago, and called it criminal activity when RK Bro accepted a tag title match with any team but them. And now, by making it a triple threat, you've screwed our odds up. And before the match, they did air a promo for the WWE Evil series that debuts this Thursday on Peacock with uh, different clips of the uh, the various episodes. And I guess that will did they will that be on the network up here in Canada? I have no idea. It's a good question. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, if it's a if it's on the network in Peacock, I imagine I would, WWE would own it and they would be able to air it on a. I would think so as well internationally. Anyway, so we will see. That debuts on Thursday. RK-Bro and Alpha Academy, uh, they had a nice match here. It was the, the RKO formula, the RK-Bro formula, where they built up the Orton gang, the hot tag, and he was going for the draping DDT, but Otis stopped him. And then Gable uh, eventually does get hit with the draping DDT, uh, but he comes back, released German on Orton, sending him to the floor, went for the chaos theory. Riddle lands on his feet, hits a jumping knee, and the bro Derek to pin Chad Gable. And then Otis attacks Riddle. They go for the Otis bomb, but they are stopped by the Street Profits who double-team Gable. And uh, the Street Profits are out here in their Chicago Bulls colors in Chicago with a sky high by Dawkins to Riddle and Ford hits from the heavens. And I don't know what the hell happened to Orton here because he took that German and he never came back. We never saw him again. Right, yeah. Um, So I I didn't see, like, if he just... Like, he rolled out after the German, and he just never got involved in any of this post-match stuff. Must have been a rough German, then. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, the Alpha Academy are are doing a good job as, like, you know, the biggest heels in this match. They're getting more and more appeal as the weeks go on. Crowd's reacting to them. And, um, yeah, it's it's a tag match. It's our multi-person build-up for WrestleMania, where everyone's going to trade wins and... Attack mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. They did a recap of Gable Steveson's uh, NCAA championship win and really putting him over. He is Raw's own, and uh, Gable Stevenson has stated that he will be at WrestleMania. So in whatever capacity uh, that is, it's uh, 
it's going to be pretty imminent of his arrival on Raw, and he's going to be probably thrown into the deep end quick, like in mm-hmm. like you would think, like maybe the night after Mania, you want to shoot an angle with this guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe attach a manager with with a guy, you know, could be helpful with a, as a mouthpiece. Yeah, who could you? Who would you see as being that person? Well, I, I could I, mean, I could have really have seen them like having you know there there was the talk of using Kurt in the the build up for that Alpha Academy mm-hmm. thing. Um, I don't know if Kurt's a great talker these days. You know, at least not with scripted promos. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I mean if you're going to push him as a babyface, um, are there many babyface managers? I would put him with Malcolm Bivens and throw him into Diamond Mine. What a perfect oh, pairing, Malcolm Bivens. That that could be something. Yeah. But anyway, that's probably not happening. Well, what is happening is a tornado tag match with Dana Brooke and Reggie against Tamina and Akira Tozawa. So we had a segment with Tozawa and Tamina in the back. And Tamina says she wants what Tozawa wants. And she felt the same thing with him last week. And she comes up close to him and says, I want the 24-7 championship and tells Tozawa to make it happen. So this leads to this tag match where I cannot understand where it was the championship on the line here in this tag match i don't know i don't i don't because the promo was all about help me get this title and then we're going to this tag Uh, match where i didn't see if the title was even on the line here uh maybe it is then yeah it doesn't matter can't bother to care they start by playing chicken with dana and tozawa on the different shoulders the crowd was silent for this Mm -hmm. tozawa runs into tamina and is hit with the handspring elbow by Dana, causing Tamina to fall out of the corner and land on Tozawa's balls, meaning that Tozawa is out of the running to face Omos. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> He's better off. Yeah. And <laughs> my favorite part of this entire feud, <laughs> they show a replay of Tamina landing on the balls. So we've got the picture in picture. <laughs> Reggie gets the pin during the picture in picture. So the match ends. No one cares. The balls spot is way more important important than the the ending. And Tamina carries Tozawa to the back, and he looked in tremendous pain, as was I watching this. Yeah. You know, I think the most uh, notable thing about this entire thing, number one, I thought Tamina was, was busting out the acting chops here in that backstage skit, you know, for somebody who... I don't think has had the best appearances on camera delivering their, their scripted promos. Um, I actually thought he she did pretty well with the material here with Tazawa. I think Tazawa is really funny. But this audience in Chicago was not having any of this. They did Silence. not react to any of it. You know, They didn't want goofy comedy on their show. So it was not a successful night for the 24-7 division tonight. You guys dangle Steve Austin, and this is what we do yeah. get. Next week on the show in Pittsburgh... Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns appear. The Street Profits versus Alpha Academy. Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Naomi, and Sasha Banks against Queen Zelina, Carmella, Natalia, and Shayna Baszler. And in a singles match, Rey Mysterio versus The Miz, presumably with Logan Paul wearing Rey's mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our last Raw before Mania. And that takes us to the main event, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins with the match with Edge at stake. Uh, Rollins was in control for for much of this. This was like a three-segment match. Uh, There's a suicide dive by Rollins to set up the second commercial, and he's yelling at AJ that this isn't personal, but he wants AJ to go home and be with his family. And AJ 
gets slapped. So he fires back with his own slap as the announcers state that it's to awaken the pit bull from within. His inner pit bull is coming out. Yeah, we know Vince loves like when he sees AJ Styles. For some reason, he sees that breed of dog, the pit bull. The pit bull. AJ comes back, sliding forearm smash. Ushiguroshi for a two count. The Styles clash gets stopped, and he is hit with a Falcon Arrow. And then as Rollins goes for the stomp, it's turned into a Rana. They're trading covers. AJ stops a buckle bomb and then slides out from a superplex and Rollins comes down badly on his leg and AJ lifts him for a torture rack into a blue thunder bomb for a two count. And then the phenomenal forearm is executed, but he is met with a super kick in midair. And this time Rollins hits the buckle bomb, goes for a frog splash, landing on the knees and AJ recovers and once again goes for the phenomenal forearm. But this time he is hit with a chair to the back by edge. After three segments, we get the DQ, but this was a good match, and he just continues with the attack, and then the big announcement that AJ is your winner by disqualification, and Rollins loses it. Uh, before we talk about the post-match, um, the match itself didn't get a finish, but you did get a pretty quality match from these two. It was a really good match. It really mm-hmm. was. You know, um, it, it, It's such a stupid stipulation that I think everybody knew the finish of. But this crowd was really getting into it. They were getting into the near falls. They're getting into the countout teases even of uh, AJ Styles possibly losing it, and somehow Seth Rollins entering the match with Edge as if that was like you know any sort of possibility. But the, but that's all to say that the match was that good. You know these two when they let them go, um, they could have match of the year candidates honestly. And not to say this was anywhere close to it, but um, for Raw it was really really good. And of course we had to end it with a. A DQ finish for the sake of story. Well, after 23 minutes, sometimes you're, you're not going to get that, that clean finish. But, um, yeah, whatever. It's it, ultimately, I mean, none, you know, it wouldn't have th- This is about the to, bigger story. This was not yeah. about like delivering a finish. This is the Seth Rollins story that they are, that he is constantly. But it also begs the question why are we watching this show? You know, why are we watching the wrestling on this show? Why aren't we just watching clips? Well, in, in the grand scheme of this, like, yes, the. In theory, like the Owens Austin thing is the biggest thing they're building to, but you don't have Austin. And like the all of these shows, like Rollins is like the main character on Raw. Mm-hmm. He is oh, in the for, most segments. He's in the main now. event. His story is being pushed the hardest of all of these going into WrestleMania above everything. Yeah. Well, before Owens had the match with Austin, it was Austin. Or sorry, it was Owens telling the same story, you know, mm-hmm. about trying to get a match at WrestleMania. But now and he's now, got it. And now it's just, you know, you're, you're building no. it up. But that was like contained to the first. 12 minutes of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was all focused around Rollins. I mean, he was in the main event. And, I mean, whenever the Cody match happens, that will be a featured match at WrestleMania. So this is the build to that. So Rollins comes over, and you can hear him telling Corey Graves, this is bullshit. And in case you didn't hear him, he gets onto the microphone to announce this is bullshit. And next week, Raw won't happen unless he gets what he wants, which is his WrestleMania moment. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. give, him, give him his moment. Let's have a Monday off. That'd be great. That's what he wants, yeah. The crowd is once again chanting Cody, and he tips over the desk. He's destroying the steps. And he's just saying, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. The crowd, crowd is pissed off at this point because they expected Cody to show up at this, uh, at this period. <laughs> and they didn't. So 
I mean, that, that's really the fans setting up their expectations. Like, for what they were... I mean, you were yeah. teased with Austin, but it's like, no one was expecting this is the any first, of this tonight. It's true. But, I mean, Jacksonville, I think last week was, was probably the first one where people really anticipated it. But then you had the PW Insider story break this week, so I think people expected even more this week. They're going to expect it next week, too, and they're probably going to be upset when he doesn't show up either. So... It's going to be like this. So there you go. That was uh, Raw going into WrestleMania. Yeah. What what was effective on this show for WrestleMania? It's a very good question, John. Um, I really like that Owen segment. Like I'm not yeah. saying it was like uh, I, I just think Visually, the crowd. You really got an emotional response out of a crowd that you don't typically get from a WWE audience because it's very much like we're presenting this entertainment show. And I thought like there was legitimate anger from this crowd over the Austin thing and not like the the kind of uh, we're pissed because you booked something terrible and we hate this company it was like you know heel hatred at Kevin Owens and I Mm -hmm. I thought it was like a really fun segment that Kevin Owens was great in yeah that that pop for Austin is probably going to be the biggest pop of either night on the show I think the Cody pop is going to be pretty big too you know depending on when they do it I mean we're we're again we're talking about the um the Hardys versus the the Young Bucks at Supercard of Honor 2017. The night after that was their debut at WrestleMania, and um, I I think you might see something similar. You know, if they delay this Cody reaction until the night of WrestleMania itself. Um, I mean, there was movement on the show, John. I I feel like yeah. you know Logan Paul eventually being set up to put on Rey Mysterio's mask. I think will will be a good heat getting thing in the go home show for for WrestleMania. They're setting up Omos having something at WrestleMania as well, possibly against Bobby Lashley and um, Seth Rollins. You know, this whole build towards Cody is is all part of this tonight's episode. So the, I think by not mentioning it and just simply telling and showing Rollins and dangling the, the idea that Rollins isn't going to have an opponent at WrestleMania, they are making the audience want Cody more and more. Yeah, I would say the only question marks for WrestleMania on Raw remain uh, Omos, what they're doing with him, and uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, where they fit in. Right, yeah. And everything else seems like... Kickoff, maybe? Um, like if if it's a singles match that that could very well end doesn't up being seem a, like we're gonna show. get the battle royal this year, right? Like if Omos is is not gonna be in it, like who else is? Like why even do it? Yeah, it's a good point. If Omos is not going to be in it, uh, which I mean, g- granted, like if if Lashley, I think like that all comes down to if Lashley is is ready or not, and that could always be a, a backup. Like they've got the bodies, like you could fill a battle royal with your Commander Aziz, your Rudes, um, mm. you know, you can you can you can find bodies, but not the most uh, enticing battle royal of of the remaining parts. So, what matches haven't have been announced and haven't been announced thus far? So, here's the update for for night one: we have Becky and Bianca Belair, Ray and Dominic against Miz and Logan Paul, Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin, and the Usos against Nakamura and Boogs, as well as Charlotte and Ronda, and of course, you have the Kevin Owens Steve Austin segment. Night two has Lesnar and Reigns, Edge and AJ, the Raw tag title triple threat, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, and the women's fatal four-way for the tag titles. So six matches on night two and five segments plus Austin and Owens on night one. So Mm -hmm. you would assume uh, potentially an Omos match, Rollins and his match, Mm -hmm. uh, something with Finn Balor, most likely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes these shows, you know, seven match shows, which I think is plenty. Especially um, when you have a two hour kickoff, which I would think like you probably need about two matches at least on those kickoffs. Like they usually would right. do three in the two hour format. I would think you need at least two. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get a little Hall of Fame segment in there, I'm sure, as well. Maybe a talking segment that, I mean, I guess that's what the Kevin Owens thing is on the first day. Um, hmm. Yeah, they'll probably add a couple more matches. Maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a concert. With who? Um, I don't know. You, Downstate. You, live. Downstate Live. Yeah. I don't know if the weekend would be uh, spending his weekend. In Dallas, for yeah, this. Gonna, he, the man does the Super Bowl. You know, they're gonna have to pay a bit more extra for that. They, he could do like a WrestleMania medley by this point. This is what like the third year in the in a row that they're using him. Sure, yeah, there should be like a you know musician wing of the Hall of Fame. Saliva would be Saliva. the first inductees. Court limp, of course, Limp Biscuit. Yep, they could go in, um, and then Jim Johnston maybe. Your mid two thousands new metal icons that this this company just uh, devoured. Creed, of course, you put Creed in there. Of course, of course, you put in Scott Stapp number one. That mm-hmm. would be a, an honorary uh, inductee. We did not get a Hall of Fame inductee today. Usually Monday yeah. is the day they uh, they put out names. There was no, nothing today. So we have what three so far? Uh, we have Taker, Char- Charmel, Vader, Undertaker. And I think that's it okay. so far. So maybe maybe a class of four. I mean, they could always announce, you know, five. I would imagine they do the Warrior Award like they do every year. I can't see them not doing that. But um, yeah, yeah, nothing today. So there you go. Okay. Um, Let's see if we have feedback and two pieces of feedback. Actually, we go first to Kate from Montreal, who says that poor crowd thought for a moment that they were getting Stone Cold and Cody. They did get an amazing segment with Owens, though, and a really good match between Seth and AJ. Insert standard, except the ending caveat. So hopefully that makes up for it. The rest of the show is definitely something that happened. But, as is often the case with Raw, it felt like a very tepid mix bookended by strong segments. Clearly, the biggest news coming out of the show is that we now know Veer arrives on April 4th. We just need them to confirm which <laughs> year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the year is Veer, yes. Um, listen for, for the the Austin thing. There is not one person that bought a ticket to this show thinking that Steve Austin mm-hmm. was showing up. And Cody, that that's fans building that up in their own mind. There's been nothing from the company that has like uh, misled people to assume that they would be showing up. So I I I don't see those as anything a, a fan could legitimately be upset by. Yeah. Uh, We go to Stank here. Last week, I came clean as a non-WWE watcher that tuned in to see if Cody would show up in Jacksonville. This week, I feel like I may need to leave my family for a while and check into a local rehab facility. I can't stop watching this god-awful product. Seth is absolutely terrible. And no, it's not because he's great at doing his job and I'm supposed to hate him. This is just such a stupid story that's bleeding into every other top Raw program for Mania. The thing is, this is the top. Like, other than Owens and Austin... This is the top Raw program at this point, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. 
I thought that Cena begging Taker every week for a match and eventually sitting in the crowd until his music hit was stupid, but at least it was isolated to just their own segments. I couldn't believe they had Seth interrupt the Mysterio tag match, and they never once cut back to the ring as Seth's mic was cutting out. They just let the confusion sink in and went to commercial. I wish I could tap into Cody's mind and really know what he's thinking. Sure, his Mania debut will be great as far as entrance goes, but after that match, I don't see anything out there that Cody can sink his teeth into. The title will once again be stuck between Brock and Roman for backlash, so unless he's going to be forming some American supergroup with a Gable Stevenson, how is Cody really going to make an impact in this company? I'm not seeing it, guys. Like last week, I'll give it a 3 out of 10. How is he going to make an impact in this company? Um, that is a great question, and I, I think it, it remains to be seen. I mean, I can imagine Vince, you know, being, I think, quite... Um, uh, I don't know, uh, curious maybe about, about the new Cody, a refreshing toy. Um, and I can see him, you know, being a, a face of raw, uh, when you don't have guys all like a Brock Lesnar on all the time, you know, you might have a Cody to, to kind of lead the charge. Um, but I mean, I think if track record is anything says anything, then I, I don't know how prolonged, um, that sort of interest may be. I, I honestly do not believe that there is this idea that, okay, we've got this guy and now we're just going to use and abuse him. Like I honestly look at a lot of these acts that we look at, like pick pick out a Seth Rollins and people might be critical of how they're using Seth Rollins. They are not trying to punish this guy. Like this is how they want to push him. So to me, it's more so the question of can can they effectively use a Cody? Not so much if they want to or not. Um, I think there will be every effort to um, maximize someone that they're investing in. The question is, uh, do they have the ability to do so with and, and make a, a big star out of Cody in their system? I think for me, though, the difference between Cody and Seth Rollins is that Cody has already been in that system. And they've... They've shown, I think, their interest in him was only at a certain level. Um, I mean, it, it can be perhaps like a Drew McIntyre situation where, yeah, they didn't treat Drew too well before before he left. And when he came back, they pushed him to the very top. Um, you know, is Cody going to get a similar treatment? He doesn't have the size of a Drew McIntyre. So is there something else that he's coming back with that will, you know, catch Vince's eye that will make him look at him differently? Or will he just... You know, look at him as the same Stardust type of character. I mean, it's it's a big investment. So, I mean, it's like the joke's on you if you are looking at this guy as the same version that, that left five years ago. I mean, yeah. God, God knows so. Raw needs a, a, a major star post-Mania. They had Keith Lee, John. You know, they had Aleister Black. Like, they've had plenty of people who could be stars. Um, but I, I also know that Vince McMahon only has an interest for certain, uh, you know, like he loses interest quick. Well, it's, it will certainly be probably the most, uh, discussed signing of WWE this year, uh, is when, uh, the end of the year and we are looking at where Cody's stature is in, uh, WWE. Uh, but thank you for the feedback tonight and to all of you uh, for joining us live tonight for Rewind a Raw. We are back on Tuesday. We will have a new Rewind Away. Once again, we will be reviewing Supercard of Honor 2017. Have you watched this show yet? I have. Yes. Wow. 
all, all ready, all set to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we will be uh, tackling that. That is, again, exclusively for Post Wrestling Cafe members. And the way it works out this month, uh, we are going to squeeze in two rewind aways before the end of March. We'll be back next Tuesday reviewing the WWE draft of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Shane, even- Sh- Shane and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown and Mick Foley and Stephanie on Raw. These draft shows, um, I think, are always interesting to talk about. So, yeah, we'll get a nice slice of, of both rosters from 2016 next week. All right. So that's coming up in the next two weeks uh, for patrons. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us, and we'll speak with you Tuesday, live at 1 Eastern, right here on the channel for the Post Daily News. So that is it for us. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday.